Hello, welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Manasa, daughter of Persephone. This week we're discussing chapters 11 through 16 of The Dark Prophecy. We got, when I put out, um, like an ask for lightning bolt questions for this book, I swear we got like five people saying something about ostriches. And I didn't remember how those were relevant in this book because I read it, you know, a while ago, deep pandemic times. And I was like, something with ostriches must happen in this book. And I guess we found some of it. (laughs) It it isn't as relevant as you would think for him to talk about it as much. You know what I mean? I think it might be. I'm, I'm guessing we like see them more because or people just really clung on to that <laughs> i i will say that i don't know about your chapters but mine the um the haikus they're haikus right yeah yes yeah yeah, yeah. the haikus Correct were poetry real, yeah they were real bad they were real rough yeah i don't know yeah. what like dialect he's going for like what he's trying to do but it feels borderline problematic yes i'm like yes. what are you what are you doing what <laughs> you, yes. honestly if you don't if you can think of a haiku it's okay don't just skip it or like yeah. ask one of those haiku bots to make you one. Oh, we, this is where we need chat gbt gpt I don't know. Is GPT? They make Chat poetry. I just, yeah. Yeah, I just um, I just used it for the first time today. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I was God. like, what's all the hubbub about? It was fun. I asked it where it thought I should live in the world based on all of my interests. Hmm. Hmm. It's yeah. interesting because, like, we talk about it in, like, so um, something about me. Everyone knows I'm in grad school. I've complained about it. I am grad school for, unfortunately, computer science. And so, obviously, some if we were talking about it in my class. Um, we were discussing just like chat, like what do you trust technology? And like, obviously, the more you work with technology, the more you're like, oh god, this is horrible. It's it's the worst. Mm-hmm. But um, our professor was like, I'm curious, like, do you guys use Chat GPT? And we were like, yeah, we use it similarly to a search engine. But I was like, mm. I have talked to a friend who has used it to ask advice about, like, if she should leave her boyfriend or not. Did it help? She said it did. Really? Did it? Yeah. Did she leave her boyfriend? Did she stay? Like, what What? What kind um, of advice is it giving? I don't know. They, they broke up and got back together, so I'm not oh. sure. So maybe that's what, what it told her to do. <laughs> I have no idea. I really hope it just said block him. <laughs> she, yeah. He found a way. I don't know. But, um... It's so funny because, like, even, like, when we use it as a search engine, um, but I've never, like, I feel so nervous to ask it, like, actual thought-provoking questions. But when I used to play around as a child with, um, what was, do you remember that chatbot? Yes. What, what was, was it? it? Was it just chatbot? No, it had a name. Mm. You could, like. Yes. <laughs> you could, like, sext it if you want. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it would, uh, Chat GPT has restrictions, which yeah. is what it tells you when you sign on to it. Thank God. Even, like, political, like, if you try to write a persuasive essay, it will tell you, like, it does not have any affiliation with certain uh, political um, opinions. And then it, it was clever bot. 
Clever, Clever bot. bot. Oh my god. It, it, it was always real stupid because it would lose the plot eventually. But yes. honestly, incredible AI for the time. It was fun. It was a fun time. It was really anyway, fun. Anyway, Rick should have used AI to write these <laughs> instead. Should've. Maybe he Very did. Maybe that's the problem. Oh, and this is like 2017 AI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it. <laughs> Ooh, maybe after this, I will put in what we talked about. Let's see. Chat GPT. I'm going to put in what we've talked about into Chat GPT and make it make a haiku for us. Oh, that sounds so fun. We should make our own haikus instead of Apollo's. Instead of Apollo. That sounds great. So I'm going to take, I'll make sure to take notes. Okay. Sounds great. It'll be a reveal at the end. (laughs) Stay tuned for our (laughs) very own haiku. Are you going to read it at the end or should I? Should we just, yeah, okay. We should read it. Unless it's bad. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe we should read it more. Yeah. Okay. Ostriches. Ostrich. <laughs> AI. No, clean. Clever bot. Oh, no. Okay. 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 We've started. I won't say aloud what other things we've talked about, I promise. Okay. All right. To summarize okay. what we're going to talk about today, <laughs> uh, Calypso and Apollo are off to the zoo. They are going to fight the Germanias, pretend to do some magic, and Apollo is going to finally give us a little bit of background on our emperor. So I've got 11, chapters 11 through 13. So chapter 11, four beheaded dudes are too much for one nightmare. Why me? Sob, sob, sob. Kind of like that one. <laughs> it's probably the better one of the... Yeah, six. I like the sobs. Yeah. Mm. Especially that the third sob, it's really impactful. So Apollo finds himself the victim of demigod dreams. So first he dreams of ancient Greece and sees a man that he recognizes emerge from a small hatch in a stronghold. It's Trophonius, who he has a moment, he's like, oh my god, that's my kid. So like he hadn't realized when they were talking about Trophonius that it was his child. But seeing Trophonius, he was like, oh, that's that kid's hot. He's mine. <laughs> basically um and he makes a joke in it he's like um you know that feeling when you suspect you might have fathered someone thousands of years ago but you're not really sure i thought that was quite funny because it's like no one knows that feeling (laughs) relatable um behind trophonius is another young man it's agamethus our cheese ghost friend who's trophonius's half brother on the mortal side They've just finished stealing some treasure from the king, but are unaware that the king intended to catch betrayers red-handed and had a trap set in place. They had, like, been, they had helped design the, like, place that stored treasure. They were, like, architects. Um, So they were, like, super confident they wouldn't get caught stealing treasure, but the king had known that people had been stealing, so put in some traps um, unbeknownst to them. If if Agamethus is an architect... How is he illiterate? I don't know. How did, they did not he use just words? verbally? That's a good this? question. Yeah, they're famous art. Yeah. Did like they? I mean, how did they do architecture back then? You know, like did they write or did they just like? It has to do math, for it? right? In order to yeah. do math, you have maybe to have he some can do numbers, understanding. but he, he can't, can't do, do words. words. But you can do numbers. Yeah. That that doesn't I seem guess. like. If you went to school to learn numbers, 
Why not also learn some words? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe Trophonius did all the work and Agamathus just like lifted the blocks or something and was like, Oh, so he's things. like a laborer. Yeah, he's the, yeah. <laughs> so the trap that they are caught in is triggered by Trophonius and Agamathus is the one who gets caught. So he gets crushed beneath stones and cannot move. Um, so that to be dis- he'll be discovered in the morning. Agamethus tells Trophonius to leave him behind, but Trophonius is like, no, you're my brother. This whole idea was my, it was my idea, um, this whole hijinks. But Agamethus is like kind of calm and rational about this, honestly. And he's like, no, you need to run since you're not caught here. And also the king will recognize me and it will associate me with you. So you actually need to behead me. <laughs> And get rid of my head so the king doesn't recognize us and doesn't get us in trouble. Trophonius then, feeling at a loss, he pleads to Apollo to save his brother and take him instead. But Apollo ignores his pleas. He like, he heard them, but he ignores it. He's like, no, why would I want to kill like my own son instead of this other dude? Um, So then Trophonius has to behead his own brother. He kind of like agrees to it a little quickly, honestly. Mm, like I know, I would have had a uh, couple of breakdowns before. Yeah, he does it a little easily. Like, <laughs> mm. He has a knife ready before he even asks to be beheaded. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm ready, actually. Yeah. Then the dream changes. So Apollo finds himself in a long subterranean chamber where rows of televisions line the walls, which are all flashing video clips of the same bearded man who is smiling with the caption, the new Hercules. So the emperor himself, who Apollo reveals is Commodus, lounges on a throne in the middle of the hall, wearing only lion skin swim trunks. (laughs) Which is really hot. And I love that for him. Apollo finds this attractive. Like he's basically just like, you know, not many people would look good doing that, but this man looks really great in these lion skin swim trunks. And he mentions that the two of them have a complicated history, which basically like they were, they were hooking up back in the day. Kneeling before the emperor are Marcus, who was that kid that was sent along with Meg, and Vortigern, who's one of the barbarians that was sent along with Meg. Also, there's a ton of cages in the back of the room full of strange animals. Commodus is pissed. Turns out Marcus and the barbarian lost Meg after she disappeared at a gas station, like she went to the bathroom and then poof, was gone. Commodus orders his next in command to murder Marcus Vortigern and also some other one of his men because he was like, you let this happen. And then his next in command is actually a familiar name. It's Midas's son, Lydiaerces, who was in The Lost Hero. He was just like the annoying teen kid of Midas's... Um, when they all got turned to gold. Yeah, I did not remember that either. Yeah, I just yeah. remember trying to say his name. <laughs> That's, I don't even remember that. There's so many yeah, words in well, here I try to say and don't say. Yeah, yeah. Commodus orders Lydiaerces to find Meg and Apollo and bring them to Commodus alive so he can kill them. And then Apollo wakes up to Calypso telling him it is time for them to go on their do quest. You, do you think Commodus personally is offended the beat? British, the English, call a toilet a commode? Yes, I think so. Mm. Or do you think he's flattered that they have a word, Mm. even if it's a toilet in the Oxford Dictionary? Mm. 
I don't know. Because <laughs> he loves himself a lot. Like, I think he would like to be remembered in some form. Yeah. But it's not great to be remembered in that form. I think it's kind of a, a miss that Apollo did not connect the two. <laughs> yeah. Like, he should have, that should have been a red flag when he met him. I mean, I guess well, the title I mean, wasn't named that yet, but still. I mean, even there were a like, lot of other red flags. <laughs> even when he is like seeing that this guy is the, the main villain of this book, he could at least, you know, use it cleverly. Percy would have. Percy would have used it cleverly. Percy wouldn't have known what a commode is. But Percy Annabeth would have. Yeah. Well, that Annabeth would have told Percy about the etymology of the word, and then Percy would have been like, hey, toilet head, or something yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. It's even better that he wears nothing but lion skin swim trunks. That is, mm. like, forever burned in my brain now. Ah, uh, lion skin. That's mm. kind of counterintuitive, right? Like, it's not even lion print. It's lion skin swim trunks. Like, why are you wearing fur to get into the water? <laughs> Furries. He's Roman! <gasps> He is Roman. It's all coming it's all together coming now. Together. <laughs> he probably has a tail. <laughs> Hiding behind his swim it's trunks. It's a part of the swim trunks. <laughs> sewn in there. Anyways, chapter 12. I sing of taters. Chili, sweet potato, blue. Why? Ask my arrow. It's the return of your favorite character, the arrow. Oh my god. Our favorite. Calypso and Apollo head to the zoo to go get the griffins for Bright Omardis in exchange for information from her. I had to like, because I'm also not reading this like, I'm reading it like right before I take my notes. So I'm not reading mm -hmm. it in one sitting. So it's been like a week. And I was like, wait, why are they going to the zoo? And I had to like read back. And then I wrote a little recap for myself. <laughs> the two of them are bantering like the whole time. Um, and then Calypso suggests that Apollo consult his arrow for information on how to rescue the griffins because clearly neither of them know what to do other than go to the zoo. The arrow has some really helpful suggestions and they are as follows. Goest thou to the zoo? Findest thou the griffins' enclosure? Seekest thou the choo-choo? And finally... Thou shalt gain the beast trust with tater tots. Which Apollo thinks is really unclear, but I would like to argue it's is actually pretty clear. clear. Like, it's just like, all right, you're just like, fine, looking for a train and some tater tots. Like, that's, I don't know. Like Apollo's very, being dramatic. Very much better than all of his prophecies that he's, you know, even though he's indirectly involved, he's the god of prophecies. His prophecies are dumb. They're so his arrows indirect. Yeah. The arrow's like a straight shooter. <laughs> I will say that um, every time I read the arrow, I like imagine Rick giggling as he types. Oh yes, like, it's caps. He's using the Shakespearean yeah. language. I can it's only definitely... read it screaming, like because of the cats. <laughs> I, I don't know that it is screaming, but like this, it's like screaming in my head. <laughs> it's screaming, yeah, which makes it so irritating when I'm reading because it's so loud. But okay. also, um, like this is the, some of the humor is like only only a grown dad can grown dad a grown man a who's grown a father <laughs> grown dad a grown reach full man. maturity. There are some ungrown dads 
That's true. Yeah. They become grown once they get lawn sneakers. <laughs> I don't know. And start mm-hmm. saying YOLO 10 years too late. <laughs> so Calypso and Apollo climb the fence of the zoo and sneak in. Calypso spots a sign for a train as well as an outdoor cafe that sells tater tots. So like pretty, it's pretty well labeled, like the things they need to go and get. But before they can find out more, they overhear voices. Apollo recognizes Lydiaerce's voice from his dream, and they run into the cafe for cover. So chapter 13. Fast food restaurant. My life goal is realized. Any fries with that? Inside the cafe, they quietly break open, well, Calypso quietly breaks open locks because she's like talented with a, with a bobby pin, which Apollo thinks is magic at first. Mm-hmm. And they find food labeled griffin taters in the freezer. So clearly they're in the right place. Like I said, the arrow was very clear. Mm-hmm. Apollo keeps saying it wasn't, but I'm pro arrow now. Calypso asks about something labeled combat ostrich cubes, which triggers another flashback for Apollo, and he, like, kind of zones out and is back in this memory. So he recalls sitting with Commodus, feeding him grapes adoringly, the two of them clearly both having the hots for one another. In the memory, Commodus is bitching about his father, who's Marcus Aurelius, for giving him responsibilities and claiming that when he becomes the sole emperor, he's going to gather exotic animals like ostriches and make them fight. (laughs) I had in my notes, I was like, imagine, like... Your first move when you, like, become emperor, it's to make animals fight. Like, that's the first thing he wants to do, is to that's, make ostriches fight. That's when the the other people in charge go, oh, so we should abolish the monarchy. Nepotism yeah. is bad. Or people become convinced. <laughs> people in this country would be like, yes, ostriches <laughs> actually... We're always fighting. Make ostriches fight again. <laughs> it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense that they weren't fighting in the first place. Yeah, it's exactly. It's actually essential to this country that ostriches fight. It's, it's, it's my right. <laughs> my God-given right. So Apollo, in response to this, is like, have you ever seen an ostrich? What are you talking about? And Commodus is like, yes, I have. And he was like, yeah, I saw it. And I was like, this animal should fight, which is an interesting. This man is clearly deranged. Then we learn why this memory was so important, because it seems kind of random. Like, clearly, I mean, the ostrich conversation was what triggered it. But um, right after this conversation, a man comes into the room and tells Commodus that his father is dead, which means he is indeed the emperor. So, like, better, better start getting some ostriches. He's like, let's get to work. Apollo snaps out of the memory back into the moment with Calypso and their griffin taters. Apollo asks the arrow if they are just supposed to feed the taters to the griffins, to which the arrow is like, obviously. And then they decide they need to sneak past Lydiaerces to the train that will presumably take them to wherever the griffins are. I've gone over all my notes except for some bird ostrich facts because I was mm. looking up if ostriches are dangerous because I was I wanted to see if they do fight. Um, but according to birdfact.com, which is a great website name, I love that, they are not dangerous unless provoked or if they're fighting over a lady ostrich like the men. Mm. But I found some interesting facts about them that are a little concerning. They can sprint faster than 45 miles an hour. They're fast. 
which is kind of scary. They also mm. don't have teeth, which I also find scary for some reason. Like they're like, ooh, it's like an like ooh, old person without their dentures vibe. A duck. Nightmares. A duck doesn't have teeth. No. Geese have sure? teeth. Swans oh, also don't have teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. I find it. I mean, I guess it'd probably be bad if they did have like their they teeth are us. scarier than the non-teeth. Yeah, like I geese I having just, teeth. Like... Why do they need teeth to bite me? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> also, found out that you know, the whole ostrich bearing its head thing is not true. They are oh. when you see them leaning down; it's they're actually nesting. So it says the confusion stems from the ostrich's nesting behavior, which involves digging shallow holes in the sand rather than building nests. And their eggs apparently need to be rotated multiple times a day. So they're just like down there rotating their eggs, <laughs> which I thought Cooking was really them. cute. How could you see them and be like, I want to make these things fight. They don't have teeth. They're kind of, they're kind of crazy looking. Like I think emus is what maybe he's thinking of. Emus, I think, have teeth. I don't know, but Ooh, I like ostrich. I'm an ostrich fan now. Have wings and have teeth. Mm, a commonly asked question. Oh, Ostriches don't, don't fly. Either. Why, why, why we make them fight? They don't even want to. It's the long necks. It's the legs. They just battle with their necks. <laughs> they just hit each other. It's like it's like two. Uh, what are the papool noodles? <laughs> anyway, That's so what giraffes fight each ostr- other. I know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I learned ostrich facts mm-hmm. for this. I did enjoy in this uh, chapter where they both see that the one of that food items costs like fifteen hundred dollars, yeah. but yes, because it's covered have... in gold. <laughs> but neither of them have any concept of modern money, so they're like, "Is yes. that a lot of money?" Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, I don't like. Know. I know that's the symbol for U.S. dollars. <laughs> that's all they can do. <laughs> yeah, Apollo like, thought a hundred dollars was like lunch money or something yeah. at the beginning. Well, it just reminded me of like, Arrested Development when she's like, "How much could a banana cost? Twelve dollars." <laughs> yep. Oh man. Okay. Thank you for your facts from Treehugger.com. You're welcome. Mm. Yeah, I had two different so I cite my sources, birdfact.com and treehugger.com. <laughs> two very reputable sources. <laughs> Peer reviewed. <laughs> All right. So I have chapters 14 through 16. So chapter 14. Yeah, we got the skills. Fake hexes and shooting feet. Teach you about pancakes. Um <laughs> I don't remember anything about pancakes in this chapter, hmm. but, you know, teach you about pancakes. That was awful. Teach it was the worst one. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Apollo follows Calypso, darting from hiding spot to hiding spots, trying not to be seen. They jump into an orangutan enclosure, when the, while they try to leave that, they literally run into a Germanist soldier. Apollo manages to shoot an arrow into his foot, and they run away with him close behind after them. Calypso puts on a show. She's like, I, they, they're kind of out of options in their corner. So she says, 
Apollo faint when I curse at you. So she fake curses him and then threatens to do the same to the Germanius, who believes her and runs away. They run to the train station where a kid's green train is waiting, but so is Lydiaris. He uses his Bluetooth call for backup, and he doesn't fall for Calypso's magic tricks either. He's confused why Leo is missing. He's like, I'm waiting for your companion to arrive. Um, but Apollo, unfortunately, tells him that Leo is not with them. And actually, Calypso is not Piper either. So none of the people that Lydiaris wants to see is amongst them. Because Lydiaris is really hoping to have a chance to fight against them. Which angers a Calypso and kind of gives away that she's Leo's girlfriend. Apollo notices the greenery above Lydiaris is growing while he's talking, and suddenly it falls down and consumes him. Apollo knows in his gut that this was Meg's doing, and she must be close, but she does, but he doesn't have time to think about it too much. Apollo gets Calypso out of the way, and they head towards the train. Can you imagine you've like set up a whole thing, and the guy that you want to capture doesn't even bother to show up? Yeah. yeah oh, be so that would be infuriating. Yeah. All right, chapter fifteen. Driving the green train, and I'm all like, choo 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 choo, can't catch me. Oh poop! I think that's the worst one. <laughs> there should be like a worst one for each book. I feel like there's been <laughs> there's been too many worst ones. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Calypso and Apollo find out that the children's train only really goes one mile per hour. They it's were really like, funny. get on the train, let's go, and. Half a dozen of the Germanias show up and start digging Lydiaris out of the vines. Apollo assumes that the reason that they're not being pursued is because they kind of see how fast the train is going and they're like, we can just jog and catch up to them later. <laughs> but Calypso manages to increase the speed a tad, but it's not like getaway speed. It's still quite slow. It, however, is too fast for the track. And when Apollo manages to knock an arrow to change the lever so they can turn to the left, the whole train goes off balance. Apollo tackles Calypso out of the train before it completely flips over. They crash into the middle of a circular arena with a netted top. Apollo recognizes a setup of chains and metal prongs as similar to in ancient arenas and coliseums where animals were baited and agitated. There are ostriches with armors who like they look like they've been through it, like they look exhausted. They also Apollo describes them by having teeth. He's like they bare their teeth. So I don't think Rick looked up birdfacts.com. He didn't go to tree hugger. (laughs) (laughs) You can send him some of these sources and ask him to review his book again. Yeah. The one source I looked at about teeth on ostriches. Yes. Mm. A large red bull, which is an Ethiopian bull. Ethiopian bull, I think. Yeah. Who has impenetrable fur. They also finally see the griffins. There are two of them, and they're about the size of lions. Apollo kind of mentions that since it, like ecosystems of griffins have been eradicated over the years, griffins have become smaller and scrawny and not as majestic as they once were. But these he describe are super healthy, and he wonders, assuming that's why the emperor really wanted them. They are healthy looking, but they're still chained. Apollo notes that the female of the pair is pregnant and she needs to nest immediately. And he's like, or else. I don't know what else, but or else. Or else. 
The griffins are chained, which makes them leash aggressive. And since they're also... Just like my dogs. I know, like all dogs. Also, since they're expecting a baby, they're going to be aggressive, like crows. Apollo Mm. knows that they'll tear Calypso and him apart when they go inside the enclosure. Calypso suggests singing, so they decide to sing a duet of an ancient lullaby that Zeus used to sing. The griffins allow them to come close enough to... Which I was appreciated, because when Apollo was like... Listing off the songs that they should sing, I was like, "Oh God, they're gonna like write out the lyrics, so change the lyrics to be about griffins." And I'm gonna have to read that with my eyes. But this was like a fake song that I didn't have to read the lyrics of, so that was much better. Mm-hmm. Not griffins another are- repeat of "Dear Mama." <laughs> God, <laughs> the griffins allow them to come close enough to remove their chains, and they feed them the tots. Apparently, you, in order to gain the griffin's trust, you have to feed the tot by putting your hand entirely into their beak, um, similar to a mom bird giving its baby birds food, which is something mm-hmm. Apollo apparently knew off the top of his head. Unfortunately, after this beautiful bonding moment, they see Lyderias standing in front of them, bloody, battered, and ready for revenge. So, chapter 16. Son of Midas, you, sir, are a stupid head. Here, have an ostrich. Hmm. Here, have an ostrich. Have an ostrich. What an insult. (laughs) Have an ostrich, yeah. Here we learn and somewhat remember, for me at least, I had no idea, that Midas and Lyrius came through the doors of death in The Lost Hero. But when Midas was killed by Leo and his friends, Lyrius was turned into gold. He was revived and now he wants to kill Leo very badly. And he's decided instead he's going to kill Apollo and Calypso. Well, he's going to keep Calypso alive so he can kill her in front of Leo. Which is like a multi-step plan at that Oof. Point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's his four-pronged plan. Because <laughs> <laughs> the last prong is like, you got to fucking find Leo. He's managed yeah. to like not show up many times now. Yeah. Um, because Apollo was originally told to be brought in alive. But now Lydarius doesn't care. He's, his ego has been bruised by vines. He rushes at Apollo, but Meg drops down from somewhere above and stops Lyrius's blade with her own. Meg looks at Apollo and tells him to leave, which triggers a desire to flee into him, which indicates that their service master bond is still very much intact. Meg tells him to get out of here with the griffins, then she will deal with Lyrius. Lyrius and Meg duel, and he's like, I am also the son of Demeter. We're our excellent sword fighters. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Why? Like, how? Sure. What has that anything to do with plants? Because <laughs> you trim a hedge? I don't know. It's like the scythe they use. I guess. To chop wheat. Chop. Chop? Harvest. Harvest. Mm-hmm. Apollo and Calypso get on their griffins and fly. They don't fly away, though. Apollo is hesitant or more likely refusing to leave Meg behind. He and his griffin dive for Meg. Like, dive, not die. And Apollo shoots an arrow at Lydiaris, but misses and accidentally breaks all the glasses of the enclosures. Nice. Apollo grabs Meg and pulls her on board as all the animals flee from their enclosures. They are about to crash into the ceiling netting when Calypso suddenly uses her power and the net rips and she passes out. Apollo and Meg embrace tightly on the back of the griffin and they head back to the way station. Aww. Um, something that was really cute is Apollo notes that Meg has put back the green dress that Sally Jackson gave her and he's like makes him feel very happy to see it like it's like return of the old Meg 
for me, on the other hand, I did not expect Return of Meg so soon. I was thinking yeah. this was going to be like at the final chapters of this book, maybe even in the last book where he's like, Meg, you are good. Like in Star Wars, Luke and <laughs> Darth Vader. And Meg would finally be the one to kill what Nero. But yeah. I, this is good too. Very yeah. quickly returned back to Apollo. I like the opportunity to get more Apollo and Meg time because I True. think they just have such an interesting dynamic. At least, it, like in the first one, that has like a lot of room to be explored. Yeah, I also like that he sees her almost as like a mix of a younger sibling, but also someone who is like he really relies on, like an older sibling. Yes. And so yeah. it's a very interesting dynamic that they do have. Yeah. Um, what else? I did hate the amount of times they said choo-choo. Like, they could yeah. just say train. They're like, we have to go on the choo-choo. The choo-choo is here. The choo-choo. I, like, I mean, Calypso might not even know the word train. <laughs> That's true. She was like, this is what it's called, this green contraption. She's going to get back, and Leo's going to be like, why are you calling it a choo-choo? <laughs> Leo would be into it. Yeah, he'd probably be like, that's cute. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, those are my thoughts. I don't really have, I can't even think of predictions because I feel like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to get back to the way station and the next is they're going to reconvene to try mm-hmm. to go save the, the the child. Georgia? Georgia? Child. Oh yeah, Georgina. Georgie, Georgina, I think they call her. Mm-hmm. Georgie. Georgie. And um, that's, I think it's going to go poorly. Um, I think it's going to be weird when Apollo is like facing his former lover and is just mm-hmm. kind of like in the body of a 16 year old yeah because he's gonna be like real attracted to him he's got those 16 year old hormones plus like old memories so yeah yeah and and plus the lion skin <laughs> underwear or swim yeah. trunks Syndrome, it's like yeah. irresistible <laughs> for some people for maybe. someone yeah. someone and it's apollo <laughs> very up his alley yeah so for the lightning bolt questions, this one, so we got sent in so many, like people, uh, multiple questions being like, what would you do with an army of ostriches? And like, would you want a fighting ostrich? And I'm like, what is this about? Now I know. But this question was my favorite. This uh, from Sanvi said, what animal would you make an army of if not ostriches? And then they added, I would do Duolingo owls. <laughs> And I was like, that's the best answer. I can't top that. That is the best answer. Oh, uh, Gritty. Gritty. Like the, like the mascot dude? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, he's flyers, Right? Yeah. You don't know what animal he is. He's not an animal. He's just Gritty. He also has a belly button for some reason. But are there more of Gritty? Like you just like clone him? I'd clone him. I would want an Mm -hmm. army of Gritties. I mean, if he has a belly button, that means he has a mother somewhere. (laughs) That means he was birthed. Like, hashtag find Gritty's mom. <laughs> oh, God, I never thought of it that way. Oh, She's God. in the world somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> She's, this, she left him after she saw what she had created. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Minotaur and its mother. Oh, Pacifae. Oh, I know man. I know her name. Won't let that woman get erased. <laughs> um, oh, I think my answer is not going to be dolphins. 
shocking, actually. Maybe it will. I mean, everyone seems to tell me that dolphins are mean and aggressive, whatever. <laughs> um, my first thought, though, was like a lot of chihuahuas. <laughs> Like <gasps> barrel chihuahuas, but like they all really like like they love me and do my bidding. Cause I feel like if there's like they're unhinged, you know, they'll do whatever. Yeah. That's my answer. All right. Um my other question that I came up with is what's a place that you'd like to sneak into after dark, like a zoo? Ooh, aquarium. Which is kind of like a zoo, but I think an um, aquarium, private aquarium at night would be I've so interesting. I've done that. As a part you... of Girl Scouts, we got to sleep over in the Seattle Aquarium. That's so cool. It was really scary. I couldn't sleep. Oh. Because <laughs> they had us, I had anxiety. They had us sleep <laughs> yeah. in the dome. Like, it's like a dome. I, I doubt many listeners have been to the Seattle Aquarium, but there's a dome. How many times can I say the word dome? Um, with a bunch of fish and there's like little mini sharks in there and that's where they had a sleep in the whole night i remember being like what if it caves in and the sharks get me and then i was like oh but the sharks like aren't suit they're pretty small like i could swim away i could get out (laughs) i just remember being like i need to be awake in case i have to swim (laughs) what a time oh man how old are you when you finally got diagnosed with anxiety and how was it not at Um, birth I don't know how it was in that birth, you know. <laughs> it should have been. I came out of the womb. This one has anxiety. Anxious. <laughs> I think it would be really cool to be at a, a, like, theme park after dark. Like, while it's closed. Like, Disneyland. Not like a, well, a sketchy one would be kind of fun, too. Like, I wouldn't want to ride the rides because no one would be operating them. Mm -hmm. But, like, you could, like, walk through the haunted houses or, like, climb things. And so then, and then at one point, Mike would come and, like, pretend to scare you. And you'd be like, oh, my God, like, I thought you were an actual killer. And then while you were making out, you'd get killed by an actual killer. Is that the plot of something? It is the plot of, like, every horror movie. They Do go, they like, go into break theme into, parks? Like, theme parks. I, I feel like, like I read a Goosebumps. goosebumps? I, read that, I read that Goosebumps, oh yeah. Oh, my God. And you said, yes, I would like to do Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was a, a Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure that was in a theme park or something. Hmm. And yes. I think I escaped, like, I escaped in that. So, like, I could, you know, that's the proof I could do it. <laughs> no, I think it's Roller Coaster Tycoon that has converted mm, you. That's true. Yeah. All right, mine is, if you had a magical zoo, what would be your main attraction? Like, what is a magical, like, like with not normal creatures? Mm-hmm. Not normal creatures, creatures that are repurposed, let's say, like a fighting ostrich. I just really struggle. Like, I'd want to, I want the zoo to be, like, re- rehabilitative, you know? I don't want to, like, I was like, mermaids would be cool, but, like, I don't want to lock them up. Lock them up. <laughs> Lock up a mermaid. Uh, like a dragon? How cool. But like they need to take to the skies. What's something like... Hmm. I'm thinking of this like too politically. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, so, just for these fake animals. <laughs> it's actually a zoo just full of chinchillas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's literally all there is. Is like little... Ooh, fairies would be fun. 
You're locking up fairies now? <laughs> for their pixie dust. No. Just, like, because, like, their environment would need to be, like, it would be, like... The tree. Be, yeah, you just yeah. give them a tree and then, like, put a wall around, build the wall around <laughs> <laughs> So then, like, people wouldn't touch them. We really I don't know. Are lots of callbacks to the... <laughs> 2016 election. I know huh? something's going on. <laughs> What's is something What's in, in the air? I know. We're in red. Our brains are in <laughs> my brain. Is in retrograde. Yeah, yeah. What were um, you thinking? I don't know either. I was like, mm. I think it'd be really funny to have like, um, like the the. the way that the ostriches have been repurposed for fighting just animals in really funny outfits. Oh, Guess that would be my so magic cute. zoo. But this ostrich wears a turtleneck. This kangaroo <laughs> has shoes. That'd be so cute. And then you would like, I would make a lot of money because I would really yes. entice like big brands like Dior and Chanel. <laughs> to give like the penguin a purse. Yeah. <laughs> If you really cared about animals, you'd give the calfskin purse to the penguin. <laughs> to a penguin. That would be so cute, a little penguin carrying a purse. <laughs> it makes me think of the Madagascar penguins. <laughs> they would totally wear Chanel. <laughs> they would, yeah. They'd, they'd, like, cash in on that. They'd have a whole, like, underground... They'd be dealing things. <laughs> I feel like they were, they were into some shady stuff. Oh, they were. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you ready for the haiku that's been created? I'm really excited. It's a long one. Is it going to just make one? Oh, it's it made, made like a multiverse haiku. Multiverse haiku. That sounds Ostr- like it's a, the multiverse haiku. <laughs> of multiverse. <clears throat> Ostriches clash on. 2020's fight begins. Clever bot watches. I like to clever bot watches. Third sob echoes loud. Grown dad wipes away a tear. Tiger skin swimsuit. I like the grown dad. Why is he so upset? I love, I typed in tiger skin swimsuit and it didn't give me, just put that just, in at the end. No other thoughts for that. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was, was really pretty good. good. I'm gonna copy really and paste that so we see it. Yeah, I'll have to put that when I post the episode. Oh, that's good. Grown Love dad that. wipes a tear. Poor grown dad. <sighs> Thinking of him. <laughs> Praying. For that was him. great. Shout out. This has been sponsored by ChatGPT. <laughs> the source program. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, technically, Microsoft owns it, so they can sponsor us. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Microsoft. Mm. All right. Well, next time, we are going to be doing chapters 17 through 22. Um, who knows what will happen? Certainly not I. <laughs> if you are interested in supporting us, link to Patreon is in the description, as well as a link to send us an audio message. Uh, we are on social media at Camp Half Pod and email camphalfpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to us. Bye bye.